Now, but Psalms 1, 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seats of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaves, leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And what Cole, what Cole said that day, because I found myself, I would, I would pray that morning and read, uh, and that would be about 7 o'clock, and by 9 o'clock, I'm chewing people out as if I was not a Christian at all, you know? I just found myself, I was like, okay, I'm, I do not have fruits of the Spirit. There is no self-control in me. There is nothing in me that shines Jesus at all. And my wife can attest to this. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I don't get it. I don't get it. I am reading and I am praying. And so Cole gets, uh, gets there and he speaks and he says, you know a tree that's planted by water, the water does the work. The water comes in and the tree doesn't have to make the fruit. The fruit is made by being there with the water. And I'm like, I've been trying to make my own tree. And then he said, it's a difference between, and I may phrase this wrong, brother, so tell me. And, uh, but there's a difference between getting your Bible and reading the Bible and reading about God and meeting with God. And when he said meeting with God, it struck a chord in me. And I was like, I have just been reading to read and praying to pray. Not to have relationship, not to have an encounter with my God, but to try to have some fruit. And it ain't about the fruit. It's about the relationship. And through the relationship, the fruit's going to happen. And I had it backwards. And so I was like, okay, I get it. And so it was right there all along. I had searched for it all week long. And it was right there. All I had to do was meet with Jesus. I had to meet with him, not read about him. I had to meet with him. And so anyway, that started changing my week. And so Cole, man, thank you. Golly, brother, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> but we went and went to the men's thing this week, and I, I started thinking whenever he was speaking, I was like, yeah, but what does it mean to be planted? What does it mean to be planted? And, and I know to be planted means to be rooted. It means to be placed somewhere. I know that. And Hemsey from, is it Hemsey? Is it Hemsey from Rick and Bubba was speaking. And, and he said a phrase, he said, <coughs> he said, bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. I was like, okay, there's got to be something to this. Bloom where you're planted. So I was thinking, okay, if I'm planted, and Pastor talked about fruit a while back. He said, if you remain in me, I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. You remember that? What is fruit? Do you remember what the fruit was? Loving as what? Loving one another as Christ what? Loved us, okay? So our fruit is loving one another the way that Christ loved us. So with him saying, hey, blossom where you're planted, I was like, wherever I'm planted, better be seeing the effects of my fruit. And so pastor hit it whenever he was saying, hey, when you're at work, it needs to feel the effects of your fruit. When you're at home, it needs to feel the effects of your fruit. But I felt like God was taking me to the church thing. And the 
church needs to feel the effects of our truth. It has to. If you would, let's go to Acts 2. This is 42 through 47. Now let me say this. You know, we want revival. How many of y'all want revival? How many of y'all want Hazel Green to experience revival? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Who wants to feel purpose? Every day you wake up, you feel purpose. That when you lay your head on the pillow at night, that you knew that you did something for God that day. Yeah, that's where I am, okay? So that's where I am in life. I want that. And so in Acts, I know Pastor covered some of this, but there's some more I want to cover. <coughs> it says, and they devoted themselves. Let me tell you, you know what devoted means? You know what it means? It means attend a lot. Attend a lot. Attend a lot. All right. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Let me say something right here, okay? It said that uh, all were together and had all things in common. We're not going to have anything in common. You know, Pastor mentioned that we're best friends. But if you ask me, do we have everything in common, my first answer is yes. But if you look at our hobbies, it's absolutely not. I, nothing. Nothing. We tried to hang out one time to ha have fun. We were miserable. We, we went to eat and tried to talk about non-church stuff, and we were like, well, let's never do this again. You know? We're like, we really don't like each other. You know? But, but, all things in common. When it comes to God and what matters, when it comes about kingdom, which is what it's supposed to all be about, when it comes to that, we're in like-mindedness, we're together on that, and that's what we want to see happen. So when we get together, we got all things in common, all things. Whenever he has a football thing, I know why he's having a football thing at his house. Because he's got things. He knows whenever I do stuff, he knows why I'm doing it. We're doing it to impact the kingdom. That's what, that's what our heart is. And so we have that in common. Let's keep going. All right. <coughs> Next one. And they were selling their possessions and uh, possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Let me say this. It was costing them something to love one another. To be now, this is the church. This is talking about the church. Sorry. This is talking about the church. This ain't talking about going to work. This ain't talking about home. This is the church. They were meeting often. They had all things in common. And then they were selling their possessions and belongings and, and giving them to the people in need. So they were sacrificing things that were theirs. But they were close enough to one another to know each other's needs. I would beg to say that this side may not know the needs of that side. You know? I remember being a youth pastor and... I felt so many times that I was a separate church all in its own because we had major, major issues going on with teens. We had teens being abused. We had teens that were suicidal. And the church, for the most part, was clueless because there was no interaction whatsoever. So this is called a, call, calling us to, to have a closeness where we know each other's needs and not just say, oh, that sucks. 
I'm sorry, but it may cost you something. You may need to go sell something and give something. It ain't going to be easy. All right, go to the next one, please. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. You mean I got to bring this home? Yeah. Yeah. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And now, hey, you're going to hear about revival. And the Lord, the Lord, added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Because the church attended regularly. Because the church saw needs were filled up. Because they fellowshiped together. Because they prayed together. We want to see revival. Here, here's what I think it is the issue. We want revival, but we don't want it to cost us anything. We don't. We don't want it to cost us anything. I, I don't mind hearing about your needs. I don't mind praying about it. But if it means I'm going to have to go sell one of my four-wheelers to, to make sure that you pay your rent this week, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Or dip into my bank account. I don't want to do that. Or have to counsel you or, or take a phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning. But we were commanded to what? Love. Commanded to love. Not ask, not told to feel. Commanded. You know why we're commanded? You know why I command my kids stuff? You know why I command my kids? Because they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. Whatever they asked Jesus, hey, what is the greatest commands? He said, Hey, I want you to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And the second is like this, what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Ah. That's a commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. I don't want to. Because in order to love you as myself means I don't love me at that moment. Because I'm giving you my stuff. My time, my energy, my money. I'm giving away parts of me. I'm sacrificing myself for you, which for some reason looks like my Jesus. If you look, Satan's whole job was to separate us from God and from each other. From the beginning, to separate us from God and separate us from each other. And then you see in the commandment, God says, hey, I want you to know what I want. My heart is this. Love God and love each other. I'm bringing it back. Where Satan tried to destroy this, this communion between you and God, this relationship between you and God, and a relationship between you and your neighbor, I'm telling you that's what we got to get back to. And I'm commanding it. Now, the issue is we don't get to choose, well, we may. We don't get to choose our neighbor on our street. They move in whether we like it or not. And the Bible says to love them. At our work, they bring in a new employee. And we hate their guts. We don't get to choose if they're our neighbor. But in church, I can choose if I talk to you or not. I can choose if I'm around you. I can avoid you. I can sit somewhere else. I can come in late and leave early. So I ain't got to conversate with you. 
But at that point, I'm not loving. And I'm just wondering, are we loving each other? Are we? Do we want to see revival? Do we want to see numbers added? Do we? And if we do, then let's do it. You know, Miss Carrie was talking about Wednesday nights, and if you can't make it Wednesday, no condemnation, okay? But if you can, God knows. And Wednesday nights, let me tell you, we don't have this land of cooking like we used to, but the stuff that Pastor Eddie is fixing and the stuff that Pastor Eric is fixing and the word that they're getting together is so good. And it may not be physical food, but it's spiritual food. They met daily. Daily. Our Wednesday nights, the men are starting a Bible study, and it's where you have a voice and you get to talk back and forth. The Alpha class is where you have a voice and there's talking back and forth. And the women's class, it is a talking back and forth. It is a discussing of Scripture. It is a building one another up. It's not a Sunday morning, you sit here, you look at me, and and you listen to me, and if you say something right now, you're going to look really weird. Yeah, try it. I dare you. Yeah, nobody wants to. Why? Because you'll look weird. But Wednesdays is where you get to come. You get to share what God is showing you. And we build each other up. And we find out the needs of the other people. You find out so-and-so's going through this and so-and-so's going through that. Well, how about this? I know a guy that can help with this. But we don't know that because we don't talk. We come in, we listen, and we leave. So if the Bible's telling us, hey, the Lord added to the numbers and saved because they were devoted to the teaching. They were devoted to the meetings. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted uh, to the eating together. They were devoted to these, these groups, having meetings in their homes, finding needs and filling them. Do you know that the fruit that we have is to be used? It's to be used. It's no good to be planted somewhere grow fruit and not let it be used. Are you planted here? I know you're planted at your job. And I know you're planted at your home. I hope you're planted at your home. But if you're planted here, the Bible says we need to be doing something else. <clears throat> I was thinking earlier, if you look at what worship is, what we just did, guys, probably worship, but where we were singing and raising our hands, I used to be in service, and if they would sing a hymnal, I didn't know the hymnal, and so I would sit there like this, uh, the doxology, I've never heard it before in my life until I got here, and so uh, I hear it, and I'm like, okay, but you put on some Jesus culture, and I'm Hands raised. I'm ready to dance. It, it affects the way I feel. Okay? Feeling based. 
And I'm singing praises to Jesus. But I wonder about praise and worship. What is worship? What is worship? It is laying down, submitting. And so I'm wondering, okay, maybe what we're doing in the beginning is praise. And maybe worship is hearing the word of God, whether we like it or not, and submitting to what he says and doing it. And in that moment, we are living a life of worship. Not just praise and worship, hands lifted high. But God, I heard what you said, and I don't necessarily like it. But I'm planted, and I'm rooted in you. I can't do this on my own, and I submit to you. Job, everything was taken away from him, and at that moment, what did it say to him? He tore his clothes, he fell on his face, and he worshipped. He submitted to the place in life that he was in, and he said, you're still good, and you're still God. So we hear something like this, God, you may not only have to go church on Wednesday. You may not may have to talk to people. You may not may have to invite some people into my house. I have to clean it if I invite people to my house. We can shove everything in the bathtub. That's we're good at that. The bathtub is great. It has a shower curtain, right? It'll hold at least this much clothes. So anyway, <laughs> you're welcome. Come anytime. Give us ten minutes. But yeah, so here it is that God is saying, this is what I bless. Are you going to worship me? I'm not, I don't, I don't like sports at all. Uh, I go to pastor's house to the football game to hang out with the women and, uh, <laughs> and to eat. Normally at the table with the women, <laughs> eating. I know all the great places get your nails done and hair done. Uh, but I go, and, and I know nothing about it. But I was thinking, you know, how many times do we, we're all about the pep rallies. Y'all remember high school pep rallies? They're awesome, man, awesome. You go, everybody's cheering, you got the music going on, everybody's bobbing their head, excited. But what if the players didn't study the plays, what if they didn't go to practice, and what if they didn't listen to the coach? And so you got an awesome pep rally, and then you go to the field, and you're getting clobbered. Clobbered. And I feel like sometimes in church, that's what we do. We'll go to these conferences. We hear awesome speakers. We're like, oh, save the world. And then we realize saving the world means we're going to get tackled. We're like, no. I'm running the other way. Or we don't study the plays. You know, God is our coach. And what if he says, all right, guys, this is what I want you to do. Go do it. And you're like, no. You're not going to win. You're not going to be a good player. It's not going to be good. And so here the Bible is full of stuff that our coach is telling us to do. And there's some stuff that like, I just, I'm not going to do that. Or we're not a team player. And the Bible is all about a team. I hear people saying, I ain't got a church, uh, go to church, go to heaven. Really talk to God about that. Don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Encourage one another. He, he said that for a reason. That's in there. 
And so can you imagine the coach saying, all right, guys, here's the play. And then you run it on the field by yourself and trying to make the play by yourself. And we're wondering why inside the church we feel beat up, we feel abused and broken and hurt and depressed because we're doing stuff our own own and we're not letting people into our circle and we're not getting into theirs. people that say, hey, I don't need church. I have God. Adam had God in that moment, was meeting with God face to face. So here Adam is meeting with God face to face every day, every day, meeting with God face to face. And God said, it's not good for you to be alone. You mean God isn't all always there? No. He, he desires for you to have relationship. You know, I know we have wonder women, but there's a scripture that says iron sharpens what? Iron. And I'm wondering if we don't need some iron men. You know? Seriously. Seriously. If it wasn't for certain people in my life, I don't even know that I would be saved, much less just saved. I know I wouldn't be married. Beth gave me a note years and I about died right there, Justin. Go. <laughs> Beth gave me a note years and years ago. Remember that? About my marriage. But she got close to us and found out my marriage was crap. And started praying for us and gave me a note that was tough. It's one of the reasons that I'm married to You have no idea the impact that God wants to do in and through you. That there are other people in this church that literally, their lives depend on the decisions and relationships that you have with them. And I'm saddened to think that I may stand before God and God say to David, you remember when you dodged that guy at Walmart? still be married today had you allowed me to do so. We're not meant to be alone with God. We're not. We're supposed to do it together. So here's the deal. We need to listen to our coach. We need to submit to the play. And we need to be team players. Otherwise, we're going to be clobbered. And we got to stop looking at the pep rally as the main event. No, it's the practices, and it is the plays, it is the study, it is the meeting together. And at that moment, we're going to see some difference. We're going to see difference with or without the pep rally. And so God is telling us here, hey, listen, devote yourselves, meet regularly. Meet regularly. Meet each other's homes. Get to know each other's needs. Feel the needs. 
love each other. In my last scripture, it's going to go with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And it says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, I'm going to stop this right here. Listen, the ministry is your job. The ministry is your job. If you're not equipped, whose fault is it? So here's the deal. Pastor is attempting to equip you. That's why we have Wednesday nights. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have small circle. That's why we got Sunday mornings. That's why we have preach. That's why we have everything we have. Now here's the deal. If you do not utilize what the pastor is trying to equip you with, whose fault is that? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, God wants to do ministry through you and me. I met with Pastor last week, and and I'll just be honest with you. I, I thought that I would be in full-time ministry. I thought I would be in full-time ministry. I went to ministry school. We got offered some jobs at big churches. Uh, we had opportunities, but God told us no every time. And instead, I've got a trim fabrication fabricating shop now I got a cabinet shop and I was telling pastor it's like I don't feel like I'm doing ministry and for some reason I thought ministry was on stage and it's not this is training and equipping you take it and we take it to the shop to Walmart to El Mariachi and we do ministry with what we are equipped with So anyway, for building up the body of Christ. So equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So God's whole plan is to build the body, okay? All right, keep going. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Unity is a big deal. That means we all come together as what? As one. We can't do that separately. We got to come together as one. (coughs) Knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ a lot of big words all right (laughs) so that we may longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine you know what what they're learning on Wednesday nights I'm sorry I keep talking about Wednesday nights but the grace study that they're doing it's shoring up what you believe the alpha class I know some have gone through it it's amazing is it not it shores up what you believe, and it keeps you from being tossed to and fro. The Word of God is our foundation. The Word of God is the thing that we stand on. And if we don't have a good knowledge of the Word of God, we're going to get tossed around. <clears throat> tossed to and fro by, every, by the waves carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. All right, next. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. All right, keep going. From whom the whole body joined. Now, this is us. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped. When each part is working properly. I, heard, I hear churches all the time. You know, Sunday morning we got a big crowd, but then on Wednesday nights we just have the core. What if my core just showed up this morning? 
hands and my mouth didn't. <laughs> Just my guts. <laughs> Internal organs. Had to be messy. It ain't about the force. It's about the body. The body. The body has a work to do. Okay? So the joint in which is, it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds what? Itself. So it builds itself up in love. We are to build each other up in love. It's not, God didn't design it where it was just supposed to be handled in love. Relationship. Relationship. So we have a choice. Being planted is basically devoted. Hey, come catch our high water. This is where I am. And I'm going to be there. Whenever he read the scripture talking about planted beside waters, I was thinking to myself, am I planting myself in places where the water of God, the word, the law is coming into me, where, where God's word is saturating me? Am I taking that as serious as I take lunch and supper? Because I'm a Wednesday. But I might skip a Wednesday. And I might lay out on a Sunday. Or am I planting? No, this is what I do. I do this. I, at 6.30 in the morning, I get up and I pray. It's what I do. I'm going to be planted. And when God opens his eyes and turns toward me, he's going to find me on my knees at this point. On Sunday morning, he's going to see me at Grace Family Worship Center on Wednesday night. He's going to see me at a place where water can flow over me that I can soak it in so I can produce fruit and not just have a beautiful fruit tree, but that my fruit is used for the ones around me, for my neighbor. Otherwise, I'm useless. the opportunity to take breath and worship God. And I say this with this, but whenever you read in the morning, tomorrow morning, whenever you get up, if you choose to read the Bible, what you read, you have the opportunity then to worship God with. When it says to love your enemies, you get the opportunity to worship God with. Or not. You've got the opportunity to come in here and say, you know what, I want to see some victories for God, and I want to be a team player. Pastor, sign me up. I want to be a part of the team. I want to be coached. I want to be taught. I want to run some plays. I want to meet some needs, and I want to see the enemy get clobbered instead of me getting clobbered. Would have been sacrifice. Have you ever been to a football, whatever it is, workout thing? What's it called? Like workout. I watched a movie once. It looked pretty intense. They were hitting these pads and crawling. It was <laughs> practice, yeah. <laughs> hey, this nail salon right down the road is really good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Do a good job, don't we, Mom? I don't want us just worshiping God with our hands raised and music's 
worshiping God with our life. When the word of God comes, then we take it. And we say, God, that's a hard word. If you think about whenever Jesus was feeding, I know we were feeding people Wednesday night, but when Jesus fed the 5,000 and then he decided not to, and he, he gave them the word instead, and it was a hard word, and what happened to them? They chose not to worship him. They left. And so he looked at the disciples and said, hey, you, you want to leave too? Basically, are you going to worship me or are you just going to worship the things I give you? God's word is more important than any man can live. God's word is important. And then you, whenever I think about science and everything, the craziness of us even existing, the fact that God created us, put you on this earth, means that he put you on this earth for a reason. As big as this universe is, he created you for a reason. And it's not to take up space and just enjoy our life. It's to be kingdom-minded. So, guys, I, I feel like as the church, we just need to wake up. Wake up. Stop going from prep rally to pep rally, getting caught up right in between. But go to the practices. Listen to the coach. Run the plays as a team. Whether I hate my team member or not, I say, hey, I got to love him. Whether I don't like him or not, He's my team member. And when I say I'm playing and I'm devoted, I'm devoted to this team. So, guys, Grace Family Worship Center could see souls added daily, not for the purpose of filling up chairs, but for the purpose that Grace Family Worship Center is glorifying God here on earth and that you're a part of that. So, visitors, hi. Welcome. You can be planted if you want. Have a seat. And I love y'all. I love y'all. If anything I say contradicts what he says, <laughs> he is right and I am wrong. Okay? So, anyway. So I'm not going to ask, unless you want to tell you. I mean, let's stand up. Let's stand up. I told the Lord, so Monday night, uh, Monday night, I think I had a nervous breakdown in the altar. Uh, I cried like I've never cried before. It was like a, a wailing of sorts. And, and I remember telling the Lord in the altar, I don't want to respond to an altar call if I'm not going to be changed tomorrow. I don't want to. I, was, I, don't, I don't want to be in this service and listen to this message if I'm not going to be changed tomorrow. And so what I'm asking you, let the word of God change you. You can choose because God's given you free will. But if you're his, if you are his, then he chooses. You submit that right to him. He chooses. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you're at a place that you want to be a team player, and you're wanting to submit to the coaches, and you're willing to go do with that. I want us just to have a time to commit ourselves to the Lord. Not just commit ourselves to the blessings that He has for us, but commit ourselves to the work of God, whatever that looks like. And so if you want to do that, you can make your way down, you can stand.
altar.